Welcome to Genius Leadership Podcast, where we discuss how to overcome everything as a leader. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighting mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders. We discuss their roller coaster ride of leading from their zone of genius and when they don't. If you find this show valuable, please subscribe and share it so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Oscar, warmest welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I've been a huge fan of your company for ages now, promoting it like crazy and taking Omnom with me abroad whenever I go as souvenirs and people already sometimes like, oh yeah, that chocolate. <laughs> so they, they already recognize that. But it's really an amazing present and an amazing experience to go through. Thank you. So um, kudos to you for creating something very special here on the little island of Iceland. Thank you. So Oscar, um, the first question I would like to ask, or the first two questions are based on the name of the podcast. It's Genius Leadership, Overcoming Everything. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you a question about the first part and the second of the name. Genius leadership is about leading from your zone of genius. So that place where you really tap into your natural abilities, your talents, where you leverage them and by that creating the unique results and also being more sustainable because those are the activities that give you energy when you do them instead of draining you. Mm-hmm. So what would be your zone of genius and how are you making sure to lead from that zone? Well, this is a big question. I, I don't consider myself as a genius. But uh, I consider myself as a, as a leader, definitely. And I think there is many types of leadership. I think I'm a service leader, which means I'm taking part. I'm on the floor. I'm talking to a whole level of employees, for example. It doesn't matter in what position they are. Trying to help, I think, is uh, one of the biggest roles of uh, leaders, to help and be conscious about uh, feelings. How people are feeling, uh, try to have this sense of seeing how people are going through the day. And uh, you can see in people's eyes and, and uh, how they are acting, if they are feeling not maybe the perfect day, and uh, approach them and try to ask what's going on and, and build up trust between people. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. In so many ways from here. <laughs> Thanks for the answer. So, um, Talking about the servant leadership, has it always been the natural way for you or has it evolved over time and the style of leadership has changed for you? I think it has evolved, definitely. I started working when I was really, really young. I just loved to work. Uh, I come from a family that was fishermen and a nurse who were living in the West. And soon I started going to sea with my father, just 13, 14 years old in the summertime. And uh, there I learned how to work, you know, when you are working at the sea, sometimes working for 24 hours, maybe, uh, because you need to bring the fish in and you need to take care of the things. And uh, from there, I didn't like school very much. I thought it was a waste of time then. I don't think it's a waste of time now. (laughs) Uh, But I took that path to to more learn from my mistakes and uh, try to get experience. And then I went really soon into just entrepreneurship, basically. Uh, in the beginning, I started company with my, with my cousin. And uh, it was more just to, to see the opportunities uh, that 
are available rather than having some big ideas what we wanted to do. So we were working for fisher, uh, fishing companies, servicing them, constructions. At one point, we had around 250 uh, workers from abroad here in Iceland, real estate companies. So it grew very, very fast. Uh, and then it collapsed uh, almost everything 2007 or 2008. But I think my, uh, uh, my leadership, how do you say it, qualities or, or experience really begin in the, the project that I'm in now with Omnum. Uh, I went into that. I, I actually left or, or sold all my shares in other companies. And then I felt something when I started talk to my childhood friend, Kjartan, about this project. It was uh, something from the heart. I didn't know nothing how to do it. I had no idea. But then I, I started also to build my confidence. I went to courses and read books. And from there, I really started to develop my leadership skills, I think. Yeah. There are so many things that I will touch upon on what you, what the qualities of leader or what the leader does in the daily later on. But uh, you touched upon the economic crisis and how uh, everything crashed for you personally with your businesses. And uh, when we chatted last week, before preparing for the interview, you mentioned that you, you sold everything and you went a bit on the soul searching journey, uh, if you can say so. Yeah. Uh, yes. Just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to do something different, uh, focus on different things. And then a little bit after I started on, um, yeah, I started on, you know, you're at this age, you know, 35, you've done a lot of things, you've gone through difficulties in life, and then you maybe start thinking, you know, what, what is more there? Uh, how can I learn more in this life? And yeah, I, I went soul searching, you could say that. But uh, yeah, and I started my first thing, I think, was the cold exposure and breathing with Wim Hof. And that was my first thing. And then after that, I've done many, many different Things. So what was the need for that? What, what what was that feeling that you said that I wanted something different? How did that feel or how did that manifest in your life? I don't know. I, I, it is probably probably to be able to cope with uh, the stress and the anxiety and the, that things. And I've always been seeking for something, something new to experience something. I usually, when I, when I start something, some activity, I go full all in and then I get pretty much part of it maybe two years later <laughs> <laughs> but i've kept doing this because it's so big uh, realm or universe of uh, things and i think it's good for you to tap into this if you want you know you can do small things you know you could do basically start with just going through the day when you before you go to sleep and is, is it something that could do better maybe should i done this or what can i do tomorrow that is different you know it can be small things like that and then you can go into maybe deeper meditation and, and more stuff like that if you like but i think it was probably yes yeah, seeking seeking something new seeking some new experience and uh, also trying to find tools to cope with uh, the stress and anxiety i think entrepreneurs can go through different type of stress and anxiety level than maybe people are that are just working for someone. Of course, it uh, depends on the person, but I think the responsibility to have people working for you, not being able to pay the bills or pay the salaries is quite stress stressful. And maybe you have uh, 
taking loan on your house and you put everything under and uh, this fear of losing everything and not being able to to pay for example salaries that that, that happened and it's like it's really difficult so yeah and uh, th- this journey have helped me definitely to be more stable and also be more conscious when i feel some anxiety or stress to say ah okay why why am i feeling this how do how does that show up uh, what are the symptoms or what do you notice yeah this this around the heart and into the stomach this this pain and uh, you know stress can be sometimes good you know because uh, this is uh, natural for us to have stress and then yeah then this just this feeling and the pain in the stomach and i think we've all felt it at some point mm-hmm. but it's uh, interesting at least now I, i'm i'm more conscious about it and i can ask yeah okay well, what is it why is it and deep little bit into it this is something i would like to explore a bit more because i could imagine that there are a lot of people first of all going unconscious about this right that they do have that pain and they either number it with let's say painkillers or whatever mm-hmm. or just being busy and not having time to reflect but then even if people feel like yeah maybe something is off I see a lot of entrepreneurs who are so passionate at what they do and have so much of so such high sense of responsibility for their employees and stakeholders that they might say something like yeah something is off but I I'll just I will just I'll just so get that done or like put out this fire and so on and so forth and then I'll sit down and think what's wrong and that usually never happens no. even when the fire is off because the next fire is <laughs> it's, it has uh, has yeah it has arrived right so what what is your way to tackle that to really pause in the moment and whether that would yeah tell us whether there was a journey or you ma- always managed to identify and directly take action so uh, in the recent maybe one or two years this this happens much rare, rarely or not as often as uh, Uh, before uh, and then when it happens yeah the last time it was actually don't remember why but i felt this really uh, stress it was stressful moment and a lot of anxiety and then i i could uh, ask myself and think well, why is this why am i feeling like this okay this is the reason why i'm feeling like this this is because there is uncertainty there is something that i've uh, some goal or something that i've told some other people that i'm not reaching And then it's of my. It's always good to say what is the worst thing that can happen. So uh, I think that's a big, big tool. And then you just go through it. You know, I will, I will lose the business. You know, what will happen then? What, what I will do, or I will lose this. What, what? So you just go through it and try to accept it. What is the worst thing that can happen? And this is so much in your head, of course. You know, the 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 time when you're in these states of stress and anxiety. Uh, Actually, the world is just moving on. You know what is happening in your head is not not happening in in the world. You know, so for good and for bad, right? Yeah. Here it's for good, actually. And and sometimes when it's really bad, it's good to imagine. You know, it's like the sun is always above the uh, above the clouds. You know, and uh, it's shining over there. Mm. So you need to try to take clouds away somehow. You mentioned the word uncertainty. So when you analyze what the stress is coming from or where it comes from, uh, then there is usually some uncertainty. But the whole entrepreneurship is about uncertainty. Yeah. So why does <laughs> some uncertainty feel okay for us and some causes stress and anxiety? What are your thoughts there? 
I don't know. Uh, of course, entrepreneurship is uncertainty, and uh, that's that's so amazing about entrepreneurs that they are ready to go into something without knowing how to do it. You know, I've been in the entrepreneur, like helping as a mentor, and and I've been talking to a lot of people, and there is some type of people that would like to do something, but I analyze it so much that they always get to the conclusion, I cannot do this, <laughs> but they're maybe really capable to do something, but they always, but the entrepreneurs somehow just go into it without any hesitation and believe in it. And, you know, 90% of uh, companies, startups fail, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I didn't get to uh, forget the question. <laughs> Was, uh, why do some uncertainties uh, feel okay for us and why uh, some cause stress and anxiety? I think it just depends, you know, on people, you know, so I think uh, for me, it is, uh, especially when it involves someone else than me, you know, mm-hmm. when, when there is some responsibility that I am responsible of and I'm not, will not be able to reach it or, or deliver it. That's, that's the most difficult for me rather than if it's some, something concerning me, myself, you know, and I think this is depends on people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is quite a common theme and just generally like the self-care or putting yourself first and all yeah. those kind of things. That's also the, those things that are so difficult, right? To prioritize. Why do you think it's like that? When we involve some other people, it just becomes more important, more valid and easier to prioritize. I think this is just some natural states for us as a human being. Human being beings. a social being. Yeah. This is something that I discussed with one of my clients recently, the value of accountability. And I shared with him, he was like, you probably should write some more content about accountability because that's a lot in the space where like when I speak with the other founders, we talk about that, how much we value that in coaching that we do, or that's something that people are looking for if they don't have a coach. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to, because at some point I I had a focus on accountability and I felt like people who were coming to me just wanted to like someone to push them all the time Mm. and they didn't take the power on themselves. So there I, I have this double feeling on that because I absolutely support my clients, but I don't want to be this crunch crunch for them all the time. Uh, and I do want them to to own their power because when I support them a bit too much, I also take the power away from my clients. Yeah. And I never want that to happen because I do want to empower them. So how is your relationship with accountability? I'm not sure. You have, you know, different people involved and you need to be accountable for, of course, the people that are working for you. Uh, I think it's really important to take care of them. Then you have shareholders. Uh, that's a different thing. And uh, it's sometimes difficult, I think, for people in the entrepreneur business, uh, startup, to take money, to be responsible of money from other people. Mm. But they are taking a risk. So I don't recommend, like many entrepreneurs or startups are taking money from family and, and the friends in the beginning. I think it can be stressful to, mm. to have them involved. But But do you think that that creates some accountability that pushes you a bit? It of course uh, pushes you, can push you, uh, but it can also be difficult uh, sometimes to have that responsibility for others close to you. But um, what pushes me is, you know, I've been always quite goal-oriented person to make goals. I I love sales, you know, I, I like to get good sales. But yeah, that's that pushes me always to to reach reach some goals. But what is funny with the years, the satisfaction of it gets less and less and less somehow. 
to reach the goal. Okay, satisfaction of reaching the goal. Mm -hmm. It's strange. It wears out or? Yes, wears out. And yeah, you have have a goal, some sales figure or something or reach some states. And when you reach it, it's like, oh, okay. But in the beginning, uh, it was like smaller goals or not even goals, just some small email or, or something. Someone sending from abroad, for example, I love your chocolate or love your the company. And then you were like, yes, it's a great moment. Mm. But now it's, it's, you're getting like less somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a strange feeling. Uh, and then, then you start thinking, what, what, is, what is driving me? Why am I doing this? How, what, is the, what is the satisfaction of doing this hard work, you know? This is a very interesting uh, topic because I see that with uh, clients, like they come to me because they didn't get to that reflection point on time. When the satisfaction wears out, they just set higher goals, they move quicker, they like aim further and things like that. And that continues for a while until they feel like, I'm tired of this. Yeah. Uh, it's just nothing helps. What the hell? <laughs> and that's why they come to me like, I want to be happy again. <laughs> Can we fix that somehow? And what I hear from you is that you actually reflect, right? When you feel like, hmm, a couple of years ago, I would have jumped from mm-hmm. like excitement when getting this email. And now I'm just like, eh, another email in the inbox. And then you just reflect, hmm, what has happened or what, what has changed? And you start looking inwards. Is that I want to explore that process a bit more and, and give the, some new perspective to our audience about that. What, what could be that reflection point and... Um, what what kind of answers has you come have you come to uh, when you dig deeper into this change? Yeah, I I think a lot about this and uh, why why am I not feeling the satisfaction or the uh, or the power? It's a, it's a special feeling when you reach some goal, I think, and uh, it's a great feeling, of course. But uh, it's strange how it it's like less and less. Maybe the goals are not big enough, but we make big goals, but and when we reach them, you just, and actually when you're closing to reaching the goal, you already make another goal that's bigger than the, the goal that you had. And then you reach that one and then, you know, but I, I, I think this is, uh, you need to be conscious about enjoying the process. You know, this is a, this is a process. This is a journey and enjoy all the, the small things, uh, in the daily business in the, in the, with the people that you're working with. And, uh, in one of my best moments, best feelings is, uh, we always have this Friday lunch at Omnum. Uh, it's where everybody comes together, uh, the salespeople, everybody that is outside, uh, the, the office, the, the, all the workers, we sit down, one of the, one of the employees cooks or we order in and we make this kind of Italian style uh, lunch and when I sit there at the table and look at sometimes 30, 35 people, you get this uh, great feeling, just being proud to have all these people working for you for the, you know, some, some people for six, seven years. And uh, this is one of my best moments, you know, just looking over the table, all these great, beautiful people. And, uh, well, this is, this is something amazing. This is not a goal. This is just to be present in the moment, and uh, and then I'm I'm proud of myself when I at this moment, you know. Because you fe- you see people who are thriving. Yeah, people that are thriving, people that are feeling, I think, good. They like their job. 
and uh, everybody together, happy, laughing, you know. Going back to discussion about the servant leadership or the different characteristics that you described in the beginning, you talked a lot about caring for people, seeing them and acknowledging them and their emotions. How is that applying when, for example, there is some heated moment? Um, I could imagine that the situation uh, in the middle of COVID when the, the Down to Earth episode was released and you were featured in that, uh, when before that it was quite a tough time yeah. with... Uh, just disrupting the whole business because yeah. you you your focus was on tourists and selling uh, chocolate to tourists coming to Iceland and souvenirs and then the whole tourism industry shuts down and you had to ramp down a bit the, the production and operations right and then suddenly there is this show coming up and there is some several minutes of of you doing the chocolate right with the guys and then uh, I remember Thorlaker tell me told me how skyrocketing your sales were from yeah. like the in the next thirty two three days. How is that period was for you as a leader? Uh, had you have to you had to change so many things, and it's still super uncertain uh, a certain life around mm-hmm. us. What was going on with you and your people and you serving your people? That so yeah, it's uh, it was a uh, it was a tough year actually. In the beginning of the year, I, I thought because we had been struggling uh, up to that time, basically you know struggling. I mean, cash flow growing very fast. So I had been really, uh, for the, before that, you know, since 2017, 18, 19, uh, asking everybody to help me, all the suppliers. So, so really active in, in getting help, getting, be able to pay later. So, and uh, it's a, it's a, it was a great, for me, it was not so difficult. It's just being honest and, and telling what the process and then 2020, in the beginning of the year, you really saw some changes for us. It was like, wow, this is going to be a great year. It's going to be, you know, we are getting airplanes straight from China. Chinese customers, are uh, they were really good before. So you look at the year and you said, wow, this is going to be an amazing year. And then COVID hit. And uh, that was the first time I need to lay off people. It was really tough. We have a, like built up the, the culture, the, the, the hiring process, and everybody go through that. And then you need to lay off really good employees. And emotionally, it was uh, really tough, you know, because uh, but many of the people understand the, the situation. And I think in this, in this uh, when something like this happens, uh, it's really important to be on the floor, not be letting the... HR person or some other middle uh, managers handle the, the layoffs, being really honest, have a weekly meeting or update what's going on, because it's really stressful for people, of course, you know, they're losing their job, uh, they're getting less paid. But I think the government in Iceland handled it very well with the support. But yeah, it was tough time, <laughs> really tough. And emotionally, you know, I, I can say it here because nobody li- is listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> just between you and me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just between you and me. You know, I, I, I cried sometimes, you know, it was so emotionally difficult. You know. Why would you not say it about it so openly <laughs> and like you make this remark jokingly? Um, why is it not totally okay to acknowledge that? No, no, I, think, I think it's okay. I, mm. I, I cry and it's fine. You know, it's just emotions that are normal. And then leader, leader can show emotions and he don't need to be always the tough guy, you know. What were you doing for yourself then? 
in that period to to handle this and to overcome everything. I is... don't remember. I think I was just really, really uh, stuck in this moment, and I I, I, I somehow felt. It was really funny that uh, I was I was looking at the numbers, I was looking at the news, and I, I said before it hit really, you know, this in January, February, uh, actually in December the year before, it was starting some something to happen, and I was talking to Kartan and saying, look, there is something going on, this is gonna be, and then at the same time, it's, the volcano was erupting, mm-hmm. and he said, yeah, don't worry about this COVID, you know, worry about this volcano. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it turned out well. Uh, I think we have we, we had put in into the karma bank uh, something before, and uh, in June or July the same year, this uh, episode of uh, Down to Earth by Zac Efron aired, and it was actually they came here 2018, and we we didn't know that they were gonna show this episode. We didn't know nothing. And it came at the right moment, at the right time. And I, I need to hire everybody back. And also, what is really important for us, we everyone that wants to leave Omnom, go something else, change careers, uh, do different business, we, we su- support everyone, you know. In which in, in, in the change, you know. You don't you never try to hold people or keep them. If, if you want to go, you, you go and do something else. And how can we support you in that? And when this happened, when we need to hire everybody back and we actually sent out an email to all previous employees, we need help. Can you please come? And I think it was four or five people that came in just extra mm. because to pack and, and produce. So it was a it was a big learning period personally and, and for the company. And it's, a, it's healthy to be able to scale down fast and increase fast as well. And we actually learned that we, we could produce much, much more than we expected we could produce. So, yeah, like I told you yeah, before, in the difficult times, we sometimes learn the most, you know. So that helped you get back on track. And, uh, okay, I actually want to pause on this uh, growing your karma <laughs> account uh, phrase. How did you do that? You, you mentioned now, for example, when people wanted to move on, on their career outside of Omnom, you were very supportive of that. So it's really nurturing relationships, showing that you care for people within the company. And even if they decide to part ways, uh, what were the other ways of um, putting, putting into the, yeah, exactly, depositing, <laughs> depositing in the, <laughs> into that karma account? I think we have been from the beginning quite, you know, supportive. You know, it was a time of in the beginning, especially we, we said yes to everyone, all all charity and everyone that wanted chocolate or some something from us. So that could be one thing. And then just being a you know good company, following the rules, and uh, you know try to do something extra for people. You know, I, I'm not sure. It's something you need to be thinking about every day. Put put into the karma. Where is the balance there with saying yes to a lot just because you? You want to be a good human and good company versus saying yes to too many things to actually uh, put more stress on your people uh, to manage financially or not manage financially and struggle and so on. Have you found that balance for yourself or is it a continuous learning journey? What's your experience? Sorry, I think With saying yes or no, too many opportunities, too many people, too many colleagues. I think it's really important to be good in saying no. 
and uh, especially in the, in the business opportunities when when the pop, when the product is uh, uh, successful you could say or, or people like it uh, in different markets especially uh, we are getting a lot of emails everywhere from many different countries uh, and different places and many people want to sell it there and here and there and we are very good in saying no to, regarding the, the the support and the help for you know, I, I don't consider this some big help, but this is, this is some support at least to to give chocolate to charities and things like that. We are saying we have like s- simple rules. You know, if 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 this is if this is a charity, we usually say always yes. But if there is this is a company that is doing well, we maybe say no. You know? So there is the, it's really amazing, especially now. It's so many people contacting us for for gifts and support okay. but we try to categorize it a little bit um, mm-hmm. at least now you know but before we said yes to everything it was also part of i think getting the product out there mm-hmm. you know because you want people to try your product and what are you using as the metrics or kind of filters to, when you are looking at some opportunities or questions or requirements or inquiries coming in to decide whether you say yes or no of course, if it's not a charity, I mean, like if it's a business or some re- inquiry from some new market for you, whatever it is. In the beginning, we were quite, we said yes too much uh, regarding the business opportunities. You know, one time, I think the first year, it was uh, actually a great shop in Paris that wanted uh, for Easter. It was the first Easter that we were in business. Uh, they needed uh, the labels specially printed. It was a lot of work and it can didn't do not much for us. Uh, now it's it's very much about people. You know what kind of people, what kind of experience do we have it, and then we also need to have some strategy. So now we are much more conscious, and we are starting to make processes for for the decisions regarding distribution, for example. And uh, it's not enough just to get a product and let someone distribute it. it it's much, much more. It's the marketing, it's the strategy. Uh, so we be, we are more careful now. Rather, we want to grow the, the markets where we are, where we have distribution. Omnum is quite well distributed, both in the US, in Europe a little bit, and, and we have started in China. So that is actually not a, not a problem. It's well distributed. Now we are trying to figure out more how to you know, invest in the brand, in the brand message uh, and, and the marketing. You mentioned people here as well, again. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean when you're making decisions that uh, you think about people? Is it about the employees, how that will impact their workload? Or is it about which relationships you're building uh, when some business opportunity comes and you look at the people factor? It, I think you need to, they need to fit to your, you know, the, the core values and, and just be a nice person. You know, there is a lot of different people out there and, and uh, many people want to be part of the of the journey somehow. So I think that that's mostly, you know, what experience do you have? Have you done this before? Uh, and then we need to feel the energy somehow, you know, uh, is, it, uh, is it a good partner? For example, the people that were, that are, dis- there are distributors in the U.S., young couple that uh, they're from Utah. Uh, they started right away 2014. And we have grown, the, both Omnum and their company have grown together, basically, and uh, 
great people. You know, when when we go visit them, we we stay at their home. You know, and mm. eat lunch and dinner with them, and and just amazing, amazing people. I hear a lot of this very warm feeling to people you work with, and the the term of wearing a company like a family uh, comes to mind. What is your approach to that and attitude to that? Yeah, we 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 talk about ourselves as the Omnum family, so. I think it's a uh, it's it's a way like that family feeling, of course. But you need sometimes to, to keep distance in a way. Maybe that's like family as well. So. But it's, it's really I consider them all of them my friends, and uh, and of course there are people that are dealing with different difficulties every day. Um, but we try to support them as much as we can. How was that to lay off people who are part of your family when you feel like that? It's horrible. It's the worst feeling. But you still believe in the driving the company as the family. Uh, of course. That way. Yeah. What, what do you win from that? What What do you gain as the business from having these warm relationships and connection, emotionally com- connection with pe- between people within the company? I think it's maybe better to ask them. <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, we are spending so much time working. Uh, and I think the environment at work should be welcoming. It should be as your second home, basically. Not stressed, not, uh, you know, too much pressure. Not this, uh, this kind of management that you're always pushing, 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 rather than just being in a good relationship mm-hmm. and good flow. Of course, we, we are setting goals and we are achieving them. So what can you ask? more you know just uh, so it, it is important for me that people are feeling good at work and i think if you ask someone uh, they, they they say the same that's the feeling i got <laughs> at least when i when i interacted with some of your employees so my perception or my my uh, observation from outside has been or would confirm that yeah uh, then then i consider me or us being doing a good job you know? I would like to wrap up with uh, asking you, you have been on this self-development journey or discovery, self-discovery journey for a while now. What would you suggest to people who might be interested in starting that journey for themselves? Where to start, how to explore themselves? You said that you started with Wim Hof, for example. Why Why that? And um, just let's give a couple of um, yeah. inspirational thoughts there for our audience. Like I said uh, before, you can you can start very small just by, you know, every day think about the day. What could I have done better? What, how could my reaction or communication with people be different? But then if you want to dig deeper, uh, the cold exposure, that's of course really challenging. And the, and the breathing medit- meditation basically is a, it's really powerful. Then I've learned gone through courses like Joe Dispenza, for example. That's I think that's really good for people that have maybe not gone too much into meditation. Maybe people that even don't believe in meditation to go through that course because he explains very well what is happening to you mm-hmm. when you're meditating. And he wants everybody to understand it. So I, I recommend Joe Dispenza as a, as, a, as a meditation. Yeah, and then... There are different uh, things uh, going to maybe some holistic therapy or, or session. It's, it's, uh, it can be interesting for people like, you know, Reiki or, or, or something like that, some energy work. 
It's actually amazing how, how that affects you and affects your body. I could imagine that some of listeners rolled their eyes now like, oh my God. <laughs> but I, I, that's actually wonderful that you mentioned that because I, I know some very successful business uh, people, entrepreneurs who would also be like, oh, all this mambo jumbo. And then they try it and they're like, this just opened a new avenue for me. And, and I got such much deeper understanding of myself. So those are the valuable tools that... Yeah, you never know what help what helps you and what not if you never try it. Yeah, of course, and, and you know, uh, you just need to feel it yourself. If if it's not working for you, just do something else. You know, it's it's. Uh, but I, I I think it's helping me. I I I love doing it. You know, sometimes I do it more, sometimes less. Uh, sometimes I dive into it very deep. You know, I I, I have a certificate in in few things like chakra healing, for example. Archangel healing as well and Reiki. So, but then you just need to see what's working for you or not. And, and uh, I would like to go maybe later after a few years to 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 abroad and, and learn, experience different things. You know, it's a fascinating realm. It's something that has been with us for thousands of years. Uh, now we are seeing the the, the psychedelic. Uh, you know coming more to the surface, and uh, which I think is great. It's a really powerful medicine that are out there if they're taking at the right place under supervision. And that's opening a lot now. We are seeing it everywhere. That can help, I think, a lot of people. And these are medicines that have been around for a long, long time. So you just need to see what's fitting for you. And, you know, can be... I think it's all part of trying to trying to help us to be in the moment, to be conscious about what's happening. I think it, when, you, when you reach that point that you really are living in the moment and it uh, doesn't matter what is out there happening, you feel good, uh, you're in the right vibration, it's an amazing feeling. You know? It doesn't matter what comes to you, what difficulties or nothing, you just handle it really well. It's a really nice state to be in. Yeah, I usually say about it, you build this uh, inner compass that helps you to navigate the stormy seas of life. Yeah. And, uh, it's a very powerful thing to do. Then, Because as we have seen in the last couple of years, shit happens all the time. <laughs> it's just one of the first, uh, the, actually the first guest of my on my podcast, Mia Turnblom, uh, says this phrase, uh, life sucks on a regular basis. Yeah, that's going to be it forever. It's, it's the law, right? <laughs> the law of nature. So it's good to accept that and really build in the that uh, strength that can help you get through that. Yeah. Oscar, thank you so much for your time and for your sharing. It has been a beautiful conversation going from very scientific approaches with the uh, George Spencer and uh, yeah, tips of on meditation from his perspective, for example, going to uh, very spiritual and uh, energetic approaches as well. So I'm, I'm sure that our listeners will find something from, for themselves from your tips and your sharing. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Genius Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button. Please rate, review, and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders. For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honors conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything.